What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 90, the hey. big, big nine zero of the audio podcast with the VK bros, Jason and Alex Von Kennel. Uh, how are you this morning, Alex? Obviously clumsy. clumsy. I was just in the back trying to prepare drinks for us. I've spilled water. I've overfilled a kettle. I've... Uh, uh, it's just been a mess. Fair enough. Well, it's good to note, so this is Saturday morning, Alex gets all of his messiness and clumsiness out of the way on the weekends, uh, <laughs> because our podcast is proudly brought to you by Auto Bros. Auto Bros used vehicle wholesale. Now, Auto Bros has just increased in size, mm-hmm. because I've just uh, partnered up with my best mate. Mm-hmm. So I've known him for 30 years. Um, Andrew was his name. We know him as Nugget. And he has cut his teeth in franchise world for 10 years. Yep. And um, has moved in and has become part of the team and very excited. He's We've done two weeks, but it's part of that two weeks. We've had some short weeks and mm-hmm. it's been, but it's been fun. It's been nice being able to not have to do absolutely everything myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but once he gets his, once he gets his um, feet under him and starts um, buying and selling, we're going to kill it. It's going to go good. Days. So it's something that I we always forget to remind you guys is that if you do have any used car needs, hit us up. Yep. Uh, Alex is here to take care of you. Like you said, the business has just expanded. A uh, bit of extra investment into the business. There's a lot of exciting things happening at the moment. Uh, and... You guys know him. If you need to buy a used car, you may as well buy it off someone that you know and love and trust. Some people do. Like, some people already um, have hit me up for any questions, any car related. Like, I'm your car guy. Yeah, So if, you, if, you, if you've got anything, just yell out. Even if there's something that I'm not selling but you're looking at and you just want to get a second opinion on, mm-hmm. I'm happy to do that. Especially for audience members, you know. For sure. And like, um, At least we can do. And look, if you as part of the service as well, I used to be a finance guy. So if you are looking at finance account, you got any questions in regards to that too? If you just want to get a second opinion on mm. things, obviously you can hit me up as well. Uh, none of the things that I tell you are financial advice specific to your circumstances. It's all just general in nature. Uh, Isn't the- that insane that you have to say that? And yet the people that had the licenses and that were able to give you financial advice, purely just sold you products that they got kickbacks on. Yeah, and it's getting worse too because the they've just changed the laws with like finfluencers, mm. so finance influencers, that you're literally not allowed to do it anymore unless you're like a licensed person, which like you said, most of the licensed people give shit advice anyway if they give advice at all. And yeah, it's, it's like illegal to give out financial information on the internet, even if it's just for educational purposes. I am listening to Lex Friedman's podcast with Michael Saylor, mm. and he. I wonder. I wonder how it fits legally because I, be, I believe that Finfluence thing doesn't cover crypto. It doesn't. Crypto is separate. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So if you go back to episode, what was mine? Eighty nine. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Go back to two fat ladies. Eighty eight, and check out that one. But telling someone to buy Bitcoin is like not only not only is it not covered by that crypto thing but it's like saying go and buy a house yeah you should also go back to episode 20 odd or something like that when you told people not to buy crypto not to buy bitcoin when it was like 25 grand or whatever it was yeah that would have only doubled their money yeah but i know thing i only had this thought yesterday i don't think it's going down i don't think it's going to have that big fall off like we're used to it's not 
because of that massive amount of money that's in it now by institutional investors. Every time, I've never seen this much sideways movement yeah. in Bitcoin price ever. But it's also, it's it's not just the the massive institutions investing in it now. It's that inflation issue that I've talked about with mm. the currencies. So it's it's going to be so hard for uh, the a drop-off. Like you'd have to sell an awful lot of Bitcoin to keep up with the rate of inflation. Well, it could happen though if, if like, let's say they put some um, measures in to counter inflation mm-hmm. and the, the economy starts to stagnate. People might sell. There might be a big sell-off just to pay bills and things like that, and which would mm. push the price down. But the other thing, now that the, the institutions yeah. are in it, if there is a big sell-off, who do you think is going to buy yeah, into it? Sure. They're just going to snap up that cheap bitty straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, if anything, you're going to see sideways movement, and then it's going to ramp up from there. So we might be at the new baseline for Bitcoin. So besides buying Bitcoin, there's other things that we need to do as a podcast that we have neglected to do mm-hmm. almost all the time, yep. which we're going to start getting the habit of and that is just asking well thanking everyone that listens Mm -hmm. and thanking everyone that watches and thanking everyone that uh, participates on like socials and yeah sends us messages or comments or uh we we get we actually get way more messages than comments because obviously a lot of the stuff we talk about is a bit controversial yeah and a lot of people aren't comfortable airing that stuff in an open forum completely get it but we really appreciate every single person that reaches out uh obviously we never ask for subscribers yeah so on we're available on YouTube. We're available on uh, the whole host of audio apps now as well that we we're podcasting 2.0 compliant. So any new po- podcasting 2.0 app we're available on, obviously all the favorites, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, whatever you've got, we're available on there too. So uh, if you haven't done so already, please go and subscribe on one of those platforms. Particularly, uh, I would say if you normally watch on YouTube, I would definitely suggest if you can just to subscribe to whatever your audio platform of choice is too, just in case the landscape shifts again and we end up getting booted off YouTube, which is, it, there's every possibility that'll happen again. Do you have that that metric that shows how many people actually watch that aren't subscribed? It's about 48% are unsubscribed that yeah, watch okay. on YouTube. Yeah, and I thought that was always just, when, when I'd heard that, I thought it was just a ploy to get people subscribed, but even if it is... Mm. Just push the subscribe button. It's free. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It really, it just helps us out. We want to get to 100. Yeah. We're episode nine now. We'd love to be at 100 subscribers by episode 100. Yeah. So if you haven't yet subscribed, please do. If you've got a friend or family member you think would enjoy the content, please share it with them. Uh, But we really appreciate your support. Uh, We always have done so far. And uh, obviously, the more we can build the channel, the we, we start getting options to open up for different content down the track as well, which we've definitely got some plans for you too. Yeah, we've got some stuff in the, in, in the pipe that uh, we we would like to share it with a, as big an audience as we can. Yep. And it is growing. It's, it's actually growing faster than, look, when you're sending in it every week, you'd like it to, to go stratospheric. But mm. I was only just talking to, to Nugget has never listened to a podcast ever. Right. Not just one of ours, never listened to one. Yeah, I've okay. just got him into it. Yeah. And he was, when I told him that I was starting a podcast, he's like, no, I don't do it. I'm not interested. Who cares? Mm. But he, he said, oh, I'll subscribe when you get to 50 subscribers. Right. And he was saying it like it was never going to happen. Mm. And to a point, you know, we thought we would never get there either. Yeah. But yeah, like YouTube, I think 71 and, mm-hmm. um, you know, 20 or 30 or something on the, um, on the audio platform. On the audio so platforms. Yep. So, um, 
Yeah, it's probably superseded what? Yeah, but it's funny though, like, a lot of this stuff is, unless you're an act- a celebrity first going into it, a lot of this stuff is a slow burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to a podcast, uh, Andrew Bogut's podcast the other day. He had um, Ted Stetics on there. Yeah. So he's the guy who does all I know the... I very well. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know him, but for yeah. the viewers who don't, he's the one who does all the short clips on, like, Instagram and stuff. Of, yeah, you can't change my mind. Yeah, where he's sitting in his car, generally. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know, because I only stumbled across him probably during the pandemic. I think where a lot of people stumbled across different uh, content creators. Yeah. And he's been doing stuff for 10 years. Yeah. So I, I had no idea. But he, he originally started on YouTube 10 years ago doing a whole bunch of different wog joke content. Yeah. Because 10 years ago, that was caught sort of in, like wog stuff. It should be in now. It's hilarious. Well, it's coming back. Sushi Mango's really fly oh, flag yeah. for wog comedy. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, like, it just goes to show Can you someone that... dust off Paulie Fennick and get him back to... <laughs> yeah. You know, he flew the flag uh, when it w- became not palatable in the media. Paulie Fennick was the man. Um, but it just goes to show you that a lot of people that you just stumble across thinking that they're an overnight sensation, they're not. Like, they've been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah, and I think that is a bit of a mental trap that that digital media causes, yeah. is that, you know, you start seeing it, and then mm-hmm. and you think, oh, I like it. How easy could it be just to do that? But you don't understand. Like, like I said, I'm um, balls deep into Barstool Sports, and yep. I've got on that late. He's been working at that for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. No, oh, 15 or 20. No, 20 years. Yeah. He started in the 90s, like when the when the internet came out. Mm. And yeah, sure, he's a half a billion dollar company now. Yeah. But he's worked his ass off yeah. to get that company where it is. And it's just, it's consistency and length of time. And the, the other thing too how good is it when you stumble across some new content that you really enjoy and they've got a massive backlog of videos that you can go through? Well, this is huge. Barcel is yeah. massive, massive. Yeah. So now that's a nice segue to what I wanted to first bring up, which is sure. the big news for the week, which is Netflix. Mm. Netflix brought out their um, quarter one earnings mm-hmm. and disappointed everyone. Yeah. And subsequently the stock price took a massive hit and I've just got the... Uh, the screen open here. I just checked over twelve months. They are fifty-seven percent down over the last twelve months. Over the last twelve months. So, what's interesting about this? Alex has long called, sorry, not called. Alex has long been concerned with Netflix's business model and essentially said that it didn't work. And obviously, it seemed a bit dumb for him when he was saying it at the time because it was the biggest streaming service in the world. It still is at the moment. But it's it's starting to prove that way. Now, the reason why there's been a massive drop-off in stock price is that this quarter was the first quarter in Netflix Netflix's existence where it's ever lost subscribers, and they lost 200,000. Now, there is a caveat there in that they did lose 700,000 subscribers from Russia when they cut off their service to Russians, mm-hmm. which, again, from a business perspective... Dumb idea. Dumb, yeah, yeah. Like, if I, was a, if I was a Netflix shareholder, and I'm like, you're fucking cutting off 700,000 subscribers, that's yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be bad for profits. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, it means they've, they've globally found another 500,000 subscribers somewhere, so the net loss is 200,000 over that quarter. But things aren't looking good for Netflix. There's a whole range of reasons why people are jumping off. I've thought about it, because one of my biggest issues that I've got is that now Netflix used to be pretty much the one and only. You could go there and get just yep. about all the content that you wanted, at least all the big name content. Yeah. Now there's 50 different streaming 
platforms that you need a subscription for all of them and then guess what they don't have enough subscribers so what did netflix just do they just put the price up again it's twice in like six months they put the price up and they can't get the really top tier concept content so where where i think they missed and where where it never worked for me i can see this coming a mile away Mm. you can't have like you when netflix was killing it Obviously, competition was going to come to the table. Yeah. Now, I wasn't expecting the amount of... Competition. Competition. Mm. I wasn't expecting it to be so quick. But when you had Disney just come and say, oh, yeah, we're going to start our own and we're going to take all our content back yeah. and put it on ours only, like, that's a death blow. Yeah, and HBO was the same. Well, HBO's always been in the mix because HBO's had a service, a cable service, mm-hmm. that kind of set the standard for what Netflix became globally. They had it in America. Um, But the thing for me, though, was the your $15 a month, no matter how many you get, it's never enough to appease the amount of content or the cost of the content. Yeah. So I remember reading like a, a report years ago where they had increased their debt by 10 times to raise their revenue by two times. Wow. And it's only going to get worse yeah, because yeah. people's thirst for content goes up, not yeah. down. Yeah. Now, I have you noticed there's been a lot of publicity around Netflix in the sort of last six months talking about how great it's been for internationals, you know, getting Squid Game on and like like uh, get finding all these international hits. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. It was also their only choice. They had to go find some cheap licenses. And just to put this in perspective, Seinfeld, to, for them to have the license for Seinfeld, mm-hmm. they paid a billion dollars for it. A billion dollars? They paid a billion... Holy shit. And that was for five years. Yeah, right. So you don't have it indefinitely. Like, this yeah. is the value, like, the money that you have to spend to create your income yeah. is just spiralling out of control. And that's the thing, too, is, like, it's not just that... The, the, the cost of that existing stuff was so expensive. There was no content created in the last two years or, or very little compared to normal because that's, a lot of stuff shut down because of the pandemic. Well, that's where I think Netflix went wrong. Is Yes, they went their Netflix originals. Mm-hmm. They needed to go way harder. Yeah. So they needed to hit it. They needed to come up with that earlier mm. and make, all, when I say originals, their own content. That's right. See, Disney's instantly profitable mm. because they pull back all their content. They've got a full library of yeah. the best stuff um, that covers all age groups mm-hmm. at the flick of a switch, whereas Netflix didn't have it. Yeah. So they were licensing other people's content. Yeah. They needed to go really, really hard. And where... Can we, just before you... Can we come back to Disney? We will come back yeah, to yeah, Disney. Yeah, yeah. But cool. where... Something I feel, and I don't know if it's purely a perception thing, and, and, and put your thoughts in the, in the comments. For some reason, I have this perception that a Netflix... I feel like they're not written as well as a really good movie. Right. So when they had their biggest one... Well, there was a Chris Hemsworth one that was huge. A huge Netflix original... I can't remember what it was called. It was an action one. Okay. But I was like, this is just a regular old action movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, where's the... You want it... And I get it's hard. It's, it, it, it'd be awesome to say, hey, let's just find a hundred unicorns. Mm. So that that's where it's been a real, real struggle. I and think it's tricky too when, like, the Netflix model, it's... 
it's kind of a quantity model, not a quality model. Like the whole yeah. point of it is you've got access to so much content in one area because at the end of the day, when you think about it from their perspective, they want people to use their service as much as possible. Therefore, if people run out of things to watch, they switch off or they switch to a different streamer. So you need constantly to have new content up there all the time, which therefore makes it a quantity over quality uh, scenario. Yeah. And but then, there's, then there's some dumb you, uh, uh, user experience stuff, mm. which is like, how come when you, and I've spoken about it before, but how come when you open your Netflix page, the same movies pop up five times mm. where it's, it's like uh, popular on Netflix right now? Yeah. New releases, action movies, like all the different categories, the same movies are showing up all the time. If, so you've got this massive library. I think, I think, what, if, if, are you saying that there is a paid sponsorship to get your stuff pushed? I don't think it's a paid sponsorship. I think they're trying to show how good their original content goes. So it's like... It, it, but it's not just original content. Yeah, okay. It might even, it might be that they're pushing stuff that they do have, like whether it's a cheap license for or an exclusive license for. Uh, so so the, it's stuff that you can't get on another streaming platform or it could be something they're trying to artificially bump the numbers up or maybe stifle numbers or something else. But it, perceptually to me, it looks like they don't have any content because you're going to show me the, the same, same five thing. movies yeah, over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah, now, just to clarify, just check that... that the Seinfeld deal was over, reportedly over five hundred million. Right, not a billion, over five hundred million. Oh, okay. Still a lot of money. Same with Friends. I think Friends was one hundred and fifty or two hundred million dollars. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's those, those those Jews are going to get paid. Now <laughs> another another reason why it's hasn't worked. So. I always said there was going to be competition, and then you get to the point where yeah, fifteen bucks sounds good compared to a. Ostar um, at the time of Foxtel at one hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. But once competition comes up, you're going to be in a situation where you're paying fifteen dollars ten times mm. on ten different services. Yeah. And even I bought the new Google like Android TV. Yep. Thing. And even that's clunky in terms of trying to aggregate all the apps together. Right. And a pirate told me years ago. I wouldn't pirate if the user experience for pa- the paid version of it was as good as the pirated one. Like, yeah. What do you mean? And he goes, remember when you go to a video store and you do the right thing and you hide the video mm-hmm. and you put it in the, in the in your VCR or whatever, remember? Don't pirate. You wouldn't steal a handbag. Yeah. Don't pirate. Well, I haven't pirated, and you tell me not to pirate. I haven't pirated. Yeah, I'm not a pirate. that's right. So that's true. You tell, yeah. and then, and now in the digital world, you know what? When I extrapolate that attitude out to the rest of my life, I hate that shit. Like, I hate to be told not to do something I'm not doing. Just all it's the time. Like it's like a, a mental. It's thing. like going to a shop and uh, uh, buying a scented candle, and them saying, um, "Thank you, it's twenty dollars. Uh, thank you, don't steal them." Yeah, yeah. Well, you I did never steal them. them. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, what's your fucking problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Jamie Candles. Let me buy from somewhere else. Now in this digital world, it's the same. These streaming services haven't... Like that Netflix user experience sucks. Uh, Stan was really clunky mm. to, to use. Stan sucked. And then there's, really there's external companies like Plex who are just media service... Uh, like a media aggregators that can do it better. Mm. 
than the paid services. And you're like, that shouldn't... How, how is that the case? You see, that's so often, though. Like, it just makes you wonder if the reason why, say... Like, like is it a mentality thing of whoever creates the company, what their experience is, and therefore those that's the eyes that they're looking at it through. So when I look at something like a Netflix, obviously you had someone come up with the idea, but I reckon you've got like a business person going into it going, like, this is how we're going to make the most money out of it. And that's the focus. Whereas if you've got something like an online aggregator platform, it's probably built by a software engineer whose whole thing is about, I need to make the user interface streamless, uh, uh, not streamless, seamless, because yeah. that's the way their brain works. Like, is that... Well, having Maybe been a little bit exposed to this type of thing in, in some of the ventures I'm involved with, the software engineers are the worst people to do that. Right, okay. Because they read in code. Yeah. They yeah. see the world in code. Yeah. And the way that they operate stuff is completely different to the way an idiot like you and I right. would use it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And we just did, and, and you can't, it's off camera, but my DAP that I'm building, we we are spending a lot of time on how to make it as fluid as possible. Yeah, that's make or break for me. Yeah, so just to paint a bit of a picture, we had, we've got the functions down one side that we want it to do, Mm -hmm. and then we're building the pages on a whiteboard Mm -hmm. for each function. It took us an hour and a half yesterday to do one of the functions that turned from six pages to three Mm -hmm. in a really fluid way. Because you've got to think about the user experience. And where I went wrong is my first draft of it was how it played in my head. Mm. But because I know too much about the back end, yeah. I was tainted by that. For sure. And therefore the user experience was bad. Yeah, okay. And then and Nugget's view on it was he had his idea and when we, we put them both up next to each other, they they were the same but completely different. Yeah, right. And then we turned it into something that we, we, we both agree on. Yeah. And... Um, Lots of that needs to happen. I think that's where, like, Windows has, like, Microsoft has lost the point yeah, when yeah. it comes to uh, user experience. But less touches that, like, we ha- we had an argument for probably 15 minutes yeah. on what the landing page, when, when it opens up, what is the landing page? What is the first thing that you touch? And we had these debates. But we came up to something that, that, that we like. So, And that's just one page we've got. Yeah. There's Four more written up there that we got to do. I wonder if a lot of it is just the 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 business mentality these days seems to be get to market first, not necessarily best. And look, I cop that too, but I, dude, I'm a car dealer trying to build an app, and it looks like I'm spending more time on user experience than what a tech company is. Because you probably are, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> now, I very much appreciate what Steve like that was Steve Jobs's. Mantra yeah. is make it easy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it was all about the user experience because guess what? The users are buying it. Yeah, exactly. So it should all be all about the users and, and, and the functionality and keeping it simple. And, and um, he, I think Apple has lost that touch now compared to what it was like mm-hmm. when he was around. Steve Jobs would never have copped the, what, what iTunes became. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. how... And, and, you know, I'd wiped my old boss's contact list multiple times setting his phone up for him because that thing is so clunky where yeah. that shouldn't happen, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, look, Netflix is in some trouble. I think all that all that streaming stuff, what I think the solution is, 
is pay per minute. Mm. So have it, have it. Let's say if it, let's say it is Plex. Plex becomes an aggregator where it sucks in everything. Mm-hmm. It you pay a one off fee to Plex. Plex has licenses with uh, with all the streaming providers and stream funds directly for every minute that you watch. Yeah. And I know it sounds like it, I, I had this argument with someone they're saying that nah, there's no way we're going back to that. Just because we tried the subscription model doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, and like when you, just related to other parts of your life, we do that with electricity. You only pay for what you use. Mm-hmm. We do it with water. You only pay for what you use. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do it with streaming content? Good way to put it. You know, yeah, like it's just it's just getting your, your your brain around it. And I think that the subscriptions worked before because if they bundled up enough subscribers, they were profitable. It's the it's the gym model. It's the gym. They make they they make bank off the amount of people that have a subscription that don't even use the service. That's why you get a free trial yep. for one month. You forget that it's being. You still have to put your credit card details in, and then you forget about it, mm. and they get you for six months more than what what, yep. what they're intent. So, like I say all the time, if your business values do not align with your customers, your business will not work. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Where you go back a few years ago, it's not that long ago, but everyone was talking about how the next big generation of companies don't actually own anything. So like Uber, for example, mm. they're like, Uber's the largest taxi service in the world, doesn't own any assets. Yeah. Uh, you've got Netflix, obviously, yeah, okay, they own some content, but they license most of it. Mm. It's only their original stuff that they own. Uh, and... Now I think we're starting to see the downside of, of a lot of that yeah, it's a business bubble. model. Yeah, it is a it's, bubble. It's been a bubble. Yeah. Same as software as a service was a bubble. Mm. The uh, yeah subscription model. Um, it's I suppose it's called digital aggregators. I think mm. in the news today, Travago just got popped for yeah. fifty million dollars. Yeah, and that they're the same deal. You become you, you insert yourself as a digital intermediary between yeah. customers and and uh, uh, an already existing function, and mm-hmm. then you make more money on your thing. Car sales is the same. Car sales, I think, is worth uh, uh, five billion or fifteen billion dollars, mm. and all they do is have a marketplace for cars and add cost. Yeah, right. So, yeah, with with the Travago one, that was interesting because they got done. It, it was essentially for like false advertising, wasn't it? Because they advertised themselves as the place to get the cheapest mm. deal, and you weren't actually getting the cheapest deal on it. The way that I used to use Travago, if I was actually going somewhere, is I would find what the cheapest deal was, then I would go to that site directly and see if there was a, if there was a price difference. Yeah, well, friends of mine came over last weekend. They had a really negative experience. They'd booked something. I don't know if it was through Travago. It was through one of them. Mm-hmm. And the people at the uh, reception desk, mm-hmm. A, had no booking for them. <laughs> no, had a booking there, but it was like blank. Yeah. And they okay. said, oh, how much did you pay for it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right? So, it's, yeah. It's oh, just I hate that stuff. It, I I've, I've got to say, I've had really bad experiences recently with businesses that I use often. Mm. Um, one of which is the place that we take Nate for his swimming lessons. They've got an online system and they tell everyone, you've got to use this online system to manage all your bookings and stuff like that. It doesn't work. You can't manage your bookings on it. When you actually call them and you you try to book in for a lesson time per week, and we've had to shift Nate's lessons around a little bit because we've changed things with daycare days and all that sort of stuff. So when you try to book in a lesson time, they, they get it wrong every time. And then what happens is, so like this weekend, for example, we normally take Nate on a Friday morning. You go on the online system, they've got him booked in for Saturdays. We've been taking them Fridays for weeks, mm. 
and he's apparently not on, the, not on the Friday list. He's on their sheet when we get there, so they mark him off, and yet they think he's booked in on a Saturday. And then Amanda tried to call them yesterday and was like, hey, I, can you make sure the system reflects that he's not... Because you can't change the day on the system either. So they've got an online portal that doesn't do anything. Yeah. It just adds frustration. Then the people that you speak to don't actually know how to change anything, which makes you wonder if they're trying to access the back end of a system that doesn't work. <laughs> You know, but that's an example of an organisation just saying, "Hey, we need a tech solution to it," and then like, eh, whatever. Yeah, so that's that's one bad experience I've had this week. Second bad experience is the guys who do our pool maintenance, who are normally great. Uh, all the correspondence goes to Amanda's email. They send an email about this new product, which is like a, I don't know. I guess you would classify it as kind of like a spring clean for your pool. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of it, so it spruiks this new product. And then right at the bottom of it, it says, let us know if you don't want us to use this product on your next service. Ooh, sneaky. Yeah. So in other words, they're going to be like, oh, it was in the email. They're just going to charge everyone for it. It's included, but it's not free. Well, they don't even say that. But the other thing too is the email doesn't even tell you what the price is. So their intent is to throw it out there so that they can go and use this new product on everyone and then still make them pay yeah, for it Yeah, I'm pretty sure that breaks um, some advertising. I costs. would say it does. Yeah. Um, again, well, I can give you the other side of that is uh, Geel, uh, is the company I use that make my DMS system, Easy Cars. Mm-hmm. They are the best. Because you know how frustrated I've been at every dealership mm. because I'm, I, I consider myself a tech nerd. Yeah. And when stuff just doesn't work and then organizations build workarounds for it and I'm like, well, hold on, why are we becoming the bitch of the program when the program should be our bitch? Mm. What I love about these guys, they're based in, I think it's a, I think it's an Emirates company, Mm. but I think it's, they've got an office in Melbourne. The tech guys will ring you and you can talk to the actual tech guys and you say, hey, I'm having an issue where this does this, does this. And you're actually having a conversation with them and they're going, hmm. Okay, yep, so it would work better if it did blah, 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 blah. Okay, patch comes out, it's there. Yeah, Like, they, wow. they, they fix it. And even just little things like, I'll give you an example. When you acquire a car, there is a form that you have to fill out right. to give to Queensland Transport. Mm-hmm. They will bounce that form if it's not signed. Right. So before, you'd have to print, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd um, select the cars that you want to acquire, You'd print the form, you'd sign it, you'd scan it, and you'd email it. Yeah, yeah. Clunky, right? Plus a waste of paper. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't only throw it in the bin. Mm. Now, the system can email automatically from it. That's really cool. So it added the ability to sign... To put like an e-signature on it? Yeah. Yeah. It's... It just makes sense. It makes so much sense. So so for me to acquire a car now, it's click, like, uh, acquire a car, select, select, email to government, done. Yeah. And even even the beauty of like removing a confirmation screen to say, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Because yeah, like yeah. you want to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. It, and just that, like, they are thinking about it and yeah. their user experience. Like having Nugget trained up on this, mm-hmm. he you show him once, it makes so much sense. He can just do it. After he can that. just do it. I I will never forget my first day at Eagers when someone explained to me how to do a receipt for a deposit. Right. You have to use two different computer systems. To do one receipt. Yeah. One of the computer systems is still on MS-DOS. Like it's a green screen. So you have to go into that system to create the receipt. CD slash. Yeah. Cash but slash. But it gets better. Receipt slash. Because the, the receipt, the, sorry, the systems are linked, but they're not. So in other words, they're linked so much that 
if someone else is in that customer code, you can't access it. So whenever the salesperson would create a contract, oftentimes their system would still be kept in the customer code. So then you jump into your green screen and you'll try to create the receipt, try to put the customer code in to pull their details. Oh, it's locked because someone else is in it. But, so they're linked that much, but they're not linked so much that you can go, cool, receipt done, and then it attaches the receipt to the customer number. No, no, no. You have to go back through the other system to attach it. Yeah, see that... It, it's such a joke. And that's so like, the reason why this is relevant to me is I just saw that Eager's just had all their advertising about the new... Uh, Auto Mall. Yeah, I looked at it yesterday. Looks great. Mm. Looks fantastic. They'll still be using that same fucking system. So they've got this new, new age, new world idea, but it's built on a bedrock of a shit old system that they refuse to change. There are some people that are thinking very futuristically. And I actually visited my friend there yesterday. Mm. I went and looked at Auto Mall. It was very impressive. It was, it was smaller than I thought it was going to be, but it yep. looks flash. Yeah. And I went and visited my friend that works at another section, mm-hmm. and he's building some really cool tech stuff right. that's online. Cool. So it's accessible anywhere, mm-hmm. updates live. Mm. Like he's really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So there are some progressive thinkers. But I was very surprised when I when I got to Eagers, which is a multi-billion dollar publicly listed company that's still ran the same system from like 2003. Crazy. That was insane. <laughs> and you should, well, and it, they don't own it. Like, yeah. wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be the first? Like, if that was me, that's the first thing I've done. I'd make my own system. Yeah, that's right. You've got enough dealerships to yep. for it to be viable. Make your own and they, make it do exactly what you want. They to made do. their own finance company. I used Why to don't a, you make your own DMS? I used to have arguments with with the the, the principal because at one stage they entered. They tried to amalgamate this whole department by getting rid of. So instead of having one person that does it at every dealership, they tried to put them all in one room, mm. and they, they thought that was going to make it easy. Or, or cheaper, but that literally meant that you'd have to take, you'd put all the customer details in the computer, then mm-hmm. print it out, get the customer sign it, put it back in the computer, mm-hmm. um, uh, email the docs, uh, print it back out, scan the new docs back into another system, <laughs> send to them for them to send it back, then print it back out again. So, on, yeah. and the guy, the, the principal at the time, who was a numbskull, just wasn't because he doesn't care because he doesn't have to do it. But I'm like, yeah. so what we're doing is we're, we're taking it out, like we're putting it all in the computer, mm-hmm. then we're taking it back out of the computer, then we're putting it back <laughs> in the computer, then we're taking it out, and it was like seven times that you're pulling it in and out. I'm yeah, like, yeah. so you you think that you've been able to uh, get rid of one person? Yeah, that's great. We've saved sixty grand a year on wages. Mm-hmm. Yet you've increased the workload. Yeah. By, uh, uh, by to every single person for every single that's deal right. that gets done. So, so how much loss in productivity have you created? Yeah, remember the... I think I've spoken about it on here. The clear deal folder. When, <laughs> so back in the day, we used to... And, and this, is, look, this is car-specific stuff, but yeah. like a, de- a contract. You'd have a contract, yep. and you'd have all the copies of the driver's license and everything, and you've got to keep it in one pack. Mm-hmm. So when I started in the industry, we had clear folders. Yep. You put it in a clear folder so that when it's filed... Well, you can still see... Like when yeah. you need to, book, like when you need to access it, you can see John Smith's Commodore deal. Yeah. Then we got fancy and said, "Well, nah, we want to. We'll get custom-made cardboard foldable ones. Yeah. That you write all the same shit that oh, was on yeah. the contract. You write it on the front. Yeah. Oh, how, the accuracy of this is really, really bad. Well, yeah, because every time you touch point, mm. you create a new touch point. You create points of failure. Yeah. And that's what. Getting back to the point. When we were talking about building our app, 
Yep. It was all about the funnel of like, at what at like how do we get them? How do we get the people to do exactly what they want the yep. easiest way possible? Yep. With no ability to fall out of the funnel. Yeah, that's 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 got to be your number one key thing. Mm. Uh, can we just get back to uh, what I said before? I want to talk about Disney. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now Disney's at the news at the moment, but what I want to talk about is completely unrelated to that. Right. Uh, we've just recently had a family member get Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and therefore we have now got access to Disney Plus. <laughs> right. And I didn't watch a we didn't watch a lot of Disney stuff when we were kids. Okay. But Amanda did. She's and she's got all these fond memories of Disney content. And there was two things that have happened recently, which make me go, Disney's fucked. <laughs> so the first thing was uh, about a week, uh, probably two weeks ago, uh, we've turned on Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. for the first time in ages because Nate got gifted this new age space jam book thing with some little figurines mm-hmm. and obviously it's got the Looney Tunes characters in it so we turned on the cartoon and I've like gone to do something go to the toilet whatever and as I've come back the particular episode of Looney Tunes is essentially about Nazis and there's a scene on, and Nate's just sitting in front of the TV watching it. There's a scene where this like Nazi commander is trying to bash a chick. And I'm like, this probably isn't no, but, suitable. But was he a bad guy? Was he portrayed as a bad he was guy? He's portrayed as a bad guy. Well, yeah. What's wrong with that? He knows it's bad. Don't be a Nazi. Don't bash chicks. Fair enough. Uh, just didn't think I was going to be seeing Nazi propaganda in in. No, what's well, no anti-Nazi propaganda? That is true. The second thing was. Uh, Yesterday, so during the week, Amanda's mum bought Nate a new uh, soft toy, and it was the Tramp from Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. So you know that movie about the dogs. Mm-hmm. Now, when every, when anyone thinks of Lady and the Tramp, they just think of the scene where they're the noodles, eat, right? Yeah, the eating spaghetti. spaghetti, and then they like right. If that's all everyone thinks about, dude, that was the exact soundbite. I reckon that was yeah. very close. Very yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So again. Turn the movie on. He's watching it. I'm with Jake trying to put him down. And then Jake started going off because he wanted to feed again. So Amanda's come into the bedroom to switch. And as I've gone out, there's a, there's a scene right near the beginning of the movie where the tramp protects Lady from being attacked by three dogs. So this is like violent as dog fight scene right, right near the beginning. But then as you go through the movie, like... Again, you think about old sensibilities. So back in the day when this came out, you were still allowed to call female dogs bitches. So the tramp's referring to ladies, bitch. So he's like, come on, bitch. Let's go. Like, hey, we, and then he can't find her on point. He's like, bitch, where are you, bitch? And I was like, this is hilarious. And then there's another scene where they're talking about how, so I don't know, she's been taken to the pound and there's all these other dogs that are in the pound that know about the tramp because the tramp never gets caught. But he's got one weakness. And <laughs> essentially his weakness is hot bitches. <laughs> like, and I'm just sitting there just going, um, I'm going to turn this shit off. But, I mean, that debate comes up all the time is whether we should be getting rid of that stuff. Mm. But I don't think we should. I don't think you get rid of it. Because it shows you how far society has progressed yeah, in certain areas. If you've got no point of reference, you'll yeah. never know that it's, that For sure. it's less cool to call someone a bitch now that's right but i th- also think it's it's interesting like it's interesting to look back on now as an adult thinking we watch this stuff as kids and then it makes you go i wonder how it affected my brain when i was watching well, it as obviously a kid. does though because like we 
we know that we called everyone a bitch. Yeah, like when I can't fight Amanda, I'm like, where are you, bitch? <laughs> Come on, bitch, let's go. Yeah, so you're a product of your environment, yeah. for sure. And, and and we will we will progress as a as a species. But mm. I I not I do not believe in deleting it. It should be there. Mm-hmm. We should see it. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. It doesn't need. It doesn't even need. I don't even want context added to it. I, I know that they've said that they want to re-release some stuff to say like with like a little blurb at yeah. the start. No, I want them to feel awkward. I want them to watch yeah. it and go, oh, I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, that's... Like when you go to watch a movie on a streaming service, it tells you what the title is and usually what year it came out. Mm. And you can just look back at that and go, okay, this is what people thought at the time. Yeah, granddad, you're a savage. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Did you see the news during the week about the guys in India that broke into the nature reserve? <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> Would you like to explain uh, uh, that to the Can we? Uh, I'm going to try and do it in a way that's not going to get us flagged. So effectively, <laughs> four Indian men broke into a nature reserve mm-hmm. and found a monitor lizard, yeah. which is like a goanna, I suppose. Like a yeah, big like goanna. a big goanna. Yeah. And uh, they had sexy things. <laughs> they had... They had sexy thing with the monitor. <laughs> and uh, they called it like... The, they didn't think that the monitor wanted the sexy thing. Right. So it's like forced sexy thing. Mm-hmm. And then they killed it. <laughs> and so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, apparently they're trying to implement new laws over there because it's very common. Specifically with monitor lizards or just with animals in general? Animals. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You would think a country with a billion people that you'd have more options than that. Yeah, but what do you say? (laughs) What do you say? But I did see see this monitor lizard, a picture of it. And it kind (laughs) of looks like a really old lady. (laughs) Like from the face, it looks like an old lady. Yeah, right. Like a weathered old lady. Like, you know the ones that you see, you know, you know, <laughs> there's something about Mary, the name. Oh, the name yeah. Like. I mean, that's very monitor lizard, lizardy. Yeah, true. But imagine, just imagine the, now these guys are obviously sick individuals. Yeah. But I wonder what the mindset is when they're like, you know, is it different if you just, you know, had a couple of drinks, came up across one, <laughs> hey, said, hey guys, watch this. Yeah, obviously they play in the Indian NRL. <laughs> um, but the fact that yeah. they've, they've gone out, jumped a fence that was probably hard to get over, I'm guessing. How do you find one for a start? You know, they're, they're pretty good at camouflage. Well, well, the thing is, I, I don't get the feeling that they jumped in specifically chasing a monitor lizard. Maybe it was just the first thing they found. Oh, that's an interesting point. I didn't mm. think that. See, I thought they'd peruse the menu and decided that monitor lizard was it <laughs> why because what do you think they were was going it? what do you what do you think they wanted well i don't was so you're saying it was a nature reserve yeah what what animals are like native to india that you can't find anywhere else india because like nature look let's, reserve. let's be real let's be real about this when we were all young men there, there is, there's a lot of testosterone charging through your veins, like especially when you're like in your teens, like late teens. Yeah. And unfortunately for a lot of young men, they 
they don't really have as many options as they would like, right? Because I guess you're not as. Do you mean species options? No, I, oh. I mean I mean like uh, intra species, so well, within your own. Species. Well, I've just searched those pictures. A lot of lions, uh, tigers are coming up. That's probably not the go-to. Elephants. Yeah. I don't think those guys are ready for tigers yet. Deer. Deer, maybe. Uh, a lot of elephants. So it's probably the safest thing to have done, really. Is it though? Because like, I remember walking through the bush in Cadets and coming across like a really big goanna. Mm. Not one sexy time thought. <laughs> I'll give you the red hot tip. Um, but when you, you see the claws on it and you're like, no way, it's a dinosaur. Yeah, but they like, chicks these days get nails like that. That's <laughs> probably so it's not okay. So what you're so what Jason is saying. So just to be clear, so what Jason is saying <laughs> is that it's less of, like like Jason's claiming that these four Indian men were tricked into like they're lured because most of the women are trying to look like monitor lizards. Look potentially, like I mean, look. Let's just assume they're probably drunk, right? They're probably hammered. You'd have to be. They like just so okay. Imagine they're not big drinkers, Indians. Well, that takes one drink, right? Right. So let's imagine that they're traipsing through the nature reserve. And I like it how I said it, like, that's their morals. Like, no, they don't drink because, like, of their religion. <laughs> let's go sex at time. Well, it, well it wasn't the sacred cow, but you're traipsing through the wilderness. Yep. And you don't see the monitor lizard in, the, like, the whole lizard. You might see its head poking out of a bush. Mm. So you, all you see is the face, which, like you said, looks like an old leathery woman. Yep. You probably see the nails, the front claws coming yep. out. They look like those like chicks that like type at work like this that really give you the shits. Yeah. And maybe there's a bit of bush around it, so covering the head to look like some hair, like some old straw-like hair. Yeah. Maybe they've just jumped in behind it, and then they were just as surprised as the monitor was. <laughs> So anyway, that is a wild, wild... That's a wild fucking story. Wild story. story. So I'm trying really hard to find a way to justify it. <laughs> be safe out be safe out there, kids. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe let's 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 start normalizing human nails. Should start normalizing human everything. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that maybe this is a problem. Maybe society has gone way too far towards normalizing like body augmentation and stuff like that. Oh, the monster did have a sweet set of cans. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. One, one last subject. Let's move on from this. Cause, yeah, um, cause that's, it's making rough. me feel a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> um, brief, I briefly want to just touch on the hilarity of the changes in COVID rules around the country at the moment. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, just seemingly overnight, the science seems to have changed on a lot of things. Mm. And within the last three weeks to a month, many states have removed uh, mandates. Yep. Uh, Victoria has removed the vaccinated economy, mm-hmm. which just happened to come straight after the GP. Because mm-hmm. remember last year, he said, no unvaccinated person will go to the GP. Yeah. And there was like a week after the GP that he's removed the vaccinated economy, yeah. which obviously there was, was for a scientific reason because yeah, the science the must science have been updated that, yeah. to, to. I think say it's something that. in the fuel and the Formula One makes it. You know, yeah, true, true. Um, sound. Yeah, well, yeah. Obviously, it seems to have worked. So it's just one of those things where I remember going way, way back 
into the beginning of it. And we said a lot of these decisions that were being made are political in nature. They got nothing to do with health or science. Or Memes were made up in the first six months of the pandy saying, hey, when's this going to be over? And he goes, I don't know. I'm a doctor, not a politician. Not a politician. That's yeah. right. So, so don't... Just keep in mind the fact that we've had all of our rights taken away from us. Well, not all of, but a lot of our rights taken away from us. Just because they handed them back to us, to a degree, not even completely yet, mm. but just because they handed some of our rights back to us before an election doesn't mean that we reward them for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So oh, the, yeah. The It's elections... like stealing someone's purse and then and then giving it back to them and saying, oh, like, I'm such a good guy. I just gave you yeah. a free purse. Yeah. Can I have a reward? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's literally like stealing someone's wallet and bringing it back and expecting them to give you a cash reward for it. Yeah. Um... It's, it's just so, I, I find this stuff so funny because this is the stuff that everyone's been talking about for over 12 months at least, that all these decisions are political in nature and we're just seeing it because these, the, these rats <laughs> that run our country, all they care about is themselves. I have noticed a real change in public discourse online. Yeah, about, I have too. And it's a lot of the people that were very much bought into the vaccinated economy mm. going, why are we reversing it now when, like for Queensland, so we did too it, on the 14th last week. Yeah. And um, uh, we have more deaths, more mm. cases than we ever had. Like it makes no sense to them. So, yeah. So, 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 I can so see- what you're saying is if you, if you were the politicians justifying this all based on the health advice last year, mm. It would make it is completely inconsistent to then take all the restrictions off now when the cases and deaths are as bad as they've ever been. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So, but but the science must have changed, Alex. Don't you understand the science? <laughs> I do. I have found that has come up in a few conversations mm. where people like have said to me, "Well, we just no one knew that." Yeah. And then I'm like. We knew that. We did. <laughs> we there's heaps of people that there's heaps of people to that tell you about it. There's heaps of people. There's heaps of people that were looking at the science mm. as it was changing, as opposed to deciding that the very first study that made them uh, uh, and the first report that was printed was going to be gospel. Yeah, that's right. So look, it's I just thought it was very very interesting and just something that I wanted to bring up and note. Uh, I can't for believe prosperity's sake. I can't believe people are still. In it, uh, to me, it's like in my mind, it's all over. More, more and more people are making mistakes. So, a, a friend of mine sent me a message that we're, we're discussing some of the stuff uh, last night, and she put it a really good way, where she said the biggest problem that they made is they let they had so many people in on the lie because the more people that you've got involved in the lie, the more uh, opportunities there are for someone to fuck up and say something dumb. Yeah. And you're seeing more and more cases of it. And like there was a uh, clip on, I think it was 7 News yesterday, that they had some expert that was talking about the mandates for healthcare workers. Because the, the thing that is interesting that's happened this week is, remember, on the 18th of April, the federal state of emergency was not extended. Mm. So as far as the federal government's concerned, there ain't no emergency anymore, yeah. right? And where it gets tricky is things like government employees working under federal. It's like it's created this grey area uh, now with, where like, there's been a lot of nurses and stuff who are unvaccinated going, can I go back to work now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There's confusion there. Technically, you're a federal 
Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they had well, this. They're not. You know, this states, aren't they? Well, there's a grey area anyway. I don't, I don't exactly right. know the, the reasons why, but there's a lot of talk around there being a lot of grey areas. So what? then they had this interview with this, I don't know, high-ranking uh, person in the health uh, care workforce, and he was saying, <clears throat> but the thing is, if we reverse the mandate now, there'll be a lot of people who are currently working saying, well, why did I have to get <laughs> vaccinated? Yeah. So it's like, dude, you, you're saying... You're saying the quiet thing out loud. <laughs> you're literally saying that the only reason why you won't shift the mandate is because you'll upset the people that you tricked into getting the vaccine. Yeah. Like it's bonkers. Yeah. And what, what, what I find so fascinating, and this will be great to watch the pollies try to justify this, is if you've got industries where the mandate was two doses, every single one of those people who got it who, to qualify, they're now overdue mm. for a booster. If you haven't mandated a booster, but then you're not letting unvaccinated people go back to work, who really, by the science, has the same level of protection now, because you're overdue, you've got no protection anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> just watching the mental uh, acrobatics that yeah. these politicians will have to do to try to justify this stuff in the next few weeks is going to be fascinating. So here's something that I've been thinking about that I can't seem to anecdotally solve which right. is the the labor shortage right mm-hmm. so the the flights the debacle there's no staff and you can visibly see that there's mm-hmm. no staff there talk to my detailers who have like a staff of 40 but he's probably going to lose half of them yeah um and even <laughs> once you take away close contacts for covid you know people taking a week off here mm-hmm. and a week off there where are the people i so if i my anecdotal experience of the pandemic is this. At the beginning, I was working in the car industry, working long hours, making good money. Then obviously I had a child, which is the biggest factor. But when the pandemic hit, it made me question the decision to be in that industry. And then I shifted industries. And there wasn't pressure from that industry about mandates or anything at the time. But one thing that did come up was the mask mandates came in. Literally the day that I had left, sorry, I left on a Friday. That Monday, Eagers had brought in a thing where you needed to bring in two masks every day of different colours. So you wore one in the morning and then had to switch it in the afternoon. <laughs> and really? I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I ain't wearing a fucking mask all day. Yeah. Like, that's retarded. That's yeah. really dumb. So that was one of the things that was in the back of my mind, I guess, when, when I was like, is this something that's going to push me over the edge? And then I left the industry. And then, obviously, in the meantime, I've done the stay-at-home dad thing. And then when we were about to have Jake, then I started to think about, okay, what am I going to do next for work? So what did I do? I picked an industry that I didn't need to be vaccinated for. Mm. I think a lot of the people who were pushed out of their jobs because they refused to get vaccinated have gone and found jobs in other industries where they didn't need to get vaccinated. They're not available anymore. For sure, but I haven't seen a bulked-up industry besides... um, Well, you just haven't heard about ...tech programming... Because I know that there is like a real, all these companies are losing because everyone's just hoovering them up. Yeah. Like they're in very high demand. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen anything, like I've had more experiences of less service due to lack of people than I have had exceptional service because of more people. Yeah, but I don't, I, I think that's also a case of, it's sort of chicken or the egg question. Are they... Are those bad experiences that you've had because of lack of staffing? Because I, I, I agree with you. I've had the same experiences. And I feel like a lot of the issues that we're having at the moment with companies that we deal with anyway are because of lack of mm. staffing. 
I think a lot of that is because those businesses downsized during the pandemic and have gotten used to running off a lower yeah. workforce and just don't want to replace people now. So well, my pizza shop, he's desperate for people. And right. he's like, I can't, no one wants to work. Mm. And he thinks there's a big uh, problem because a lot of his uh, internationals. Yep. And he said that not having those international people in is really hurting. But he's yep. got like high, like he's got a manager mm. and it's a big joint, like high, very high volume. Yep. He goes, I, no one's interested. I've, I've put, had ads up and had zero people apply. Mm. Yeah, look, I think the the pandemic also kicked a lot of people in the teeth and made them think about what actually matters to them. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't want to go back and do dead shit jobs. Um, I mean, look, we, we've got a mate who in, was in a similar industry to us, left it, and then just set himself a benchmark and said, I'm not going to accept any less income than this, and I'm going to apply for every job above that tax bracket until I get one. And he got one. Yeah. And I think that there's probably a lot of people who've done something similar where they're like, you know what? I, I've i worked my ass off in a dead shit job for shit money with no praise for five years. Yeah. And then when the pandemic hit, as soon as the JobKeeper money went away, I got fired because they didn't have the funds available for me. Why would I go back? Mm. So, because I mean, like you were saying, you haven't seen an industry explode with the staff. Yeah. But what you have seen is they are reporting low unemployment figures. Yeah. And I feel like it's probably a case of... The only reason why we haven't heard about it is because they don't ever really tell you about when an industry is going great guns as far as staffing goes. Yeah, they only true. tell you about the bad ones. Yeah, that's true. So whilst there's all these certain industries, probably like the airline industry, that have lost all so these services staff, industries are the ones that have lost everyone. Yeah, I think so. So people don't want to deal with people. I think... Well, I think that's part of it. I think you've got... I mean, in the service industry... You had the vaccinated economy around the country where obviously these businesses weren't making as much money, so they've scudded stuff anyway. Yeah. And you know what it's like. The pe- the, the customers come back well before the staffing levels can, can be increased. Yeah. Because the business themselves are sitting and going, okay, we had one good weekend. Well, that's not a trend yet. We've got to yeah, wait yeah. to make sure it's actually increasing before we yeah. do the extra investment. So, yeah, look, it is interesting. And I, I hope my, my optimistic glasses on i hope that the reason why you're seeing this is because people have made the decision going you know what life's too short it could all be taken away from me in an instant i may as well make less money doing something i enjoy doing now rather than busting my ass for a thankless boss in a shit industry for money that would be yeah that would be the ideal scenario and i hope that's the case too yeah me too all right, guys, let's leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Uh, as we said before, please like, share, subscribe, jump on the audio platforms as well. That really helps us out too. And we'll see you next RDA.